I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a morning at the ocean, a stitch journal project, and the overlaps with an illustrated journal or sketchbook in the recording and quest for an icon a day. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 459, Icon a Day, or Stitch Journal, however you want to think about it. Either will work. And I don't really feel like I have to pick. They both work. So here we are again. You might be surprised. I'm here twice already in the year. I don't know. For some of you who are new to the show, you're not even realizing that might be a good sign or a good thing, but it probably is. I'm trying to take advantage of a little bit of time and trying to, I don't know, kick things off in the right way. So back again with a little bit of talk today about an embroidery project, but don't worry if you don't sew, it doesn't matter. There are clear overlaps and similarities with the Illustrate Your Week project I already do in my illustrated journal and with drawing or bullet journaling or planning or sketching or any of those things. Anything where you already or might try and document your life and record your life and your days and try and somehow get down something that happened because it goes quickly and it all blurs together. So that's where we are today. I am going to talk a little bit about a couple of hours I spent yesterday and the time may shift in and out back and forth a little bit because I didn't record it in the actual moment. I didn't speak it, but I prepped it. So I want to keep to that timeline as much as I can, just that sense of being right there. So if you're a stickler for shifting time, I hope this doesn't bother you too much because we're going to just go back, 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 just a couple of hours, you know, 24, because now I am sitting here at the ocean's edge. This is sort of rare, Although I've been here more times in recent weeks than in recent history, it is not lost on me that this is a privilege. This is a wonder. An unintended thing happened, and I have a few random days off. More than I normally take in a year, more than I have taken in years, which led to the problem. I've been forced to look at why I wasn't taking days off. I have had to unpeel the onion a bit and really look at the things that are hard and sort of, you know, there's a reason I don't have vacations or take vacations or that we don't go anywhere. There are multiple reasons. But in this process, I've been forced to also admit that sometimes we do things thinking they matter and they don't always matter to the extent that we think. Sometimes we overestimate our worth maybe. Sometimes we think we're a cog that matters more, maybe. And those are good things we should really value 
our own self-worth, but there has been a lot to unpack and to face, and in some cases to wholeheartedly embrace in what has happened. So today, I am at the ocean, and I know this is lucky. Last night, a sudden fog dropped over my street and neighborhood. It's not uncommon, but I was heading to the pharmacy, and the fog was rolling in thickly. When I got back home, I walked the dog. It was the last walk before night. I like to try and do it before it's dark. So I ran out to walk the dog. And as I climbed the hill, I was looking up ahead and I was struck at the amazing pink of the fog. The beautiful lavender blue dusk was shrouded in billowy fog. And yet the fog was infused, just shot through with rose with light shot through right from the west. It was stunning. My camera totally couldn't make sense of it. I tried. It just didn't capture it. It's a weak, watered down, somehow flattened and whitened picture. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. We have a lot of fog and I actually love fog. But generally, if we have fog, I think the coast is also shrouded. I think of our fog as coastal fog, fog that we have because the ocean is fogged in. But looking at those pink tones, warming the edges, just coming right through the billowy gray-blue sky, I knew that sunset must be brilliant and bright and intense over the ocean that our fog and shrouded sky was picking up some of the color from the sunset. And so we had pink fog, soft pink fog, gorgeous. Today, the fog was still low when I took my son to school. So it was still really foggy this morning. This was my second day off in a string of random days this month. And buoyed by the first, I had a simple plan. Before leaving for school, I quickly gathered my things for a few hours in the car, trying, desperately trying, not to overthink it, hoping that repeating my venture to the ocean wouldn't somehow dampen the shine, the fresh feeling, the glow of the experience from last week. And I had shared a little bit about that in my weekly recap at Instagram. It's hard to explain what difference just going and sitting somewhere else makes. Sometimes I think that I really want people to get this, to adopt this, to try this, especially people who feel like they're somehow stuck at home or that their view is limited or that nothing ever happens, that the days are monotonous, that routine is something that really dominates the day-to-day. Sitting somewhere else can make such a difference. I've been going somewhere else to sit since the beginning of this podcast. I thought about that today when I started recording. With a history of kids who never slept, by the time the podcast came along, I often drove around until my youngest would fall asleep in the car. I wrote a lot of podcasts at the time in the car. I've always really valued some kind of portable keyboard because of that. And then I would sit 
I would write, I would read, I would draw, I would make notes. Sometimes I would just sit. Back then, I would enjoy a coffee, almost always. Those were the days. Okay, and I might have enjoyed a scone back then. Again, those were the days. Everything changes. It's all different now, of course. But it seems that throughout the years, I've gone through periods of time in which I often sat in a car doing these things. Now, sometimes we sit as a virtue of waiting. We sit because we drive people to this or that. But I am a fan of deliberately going somewhere else to sit. So yes, if you're sitting and waiting, if you have kids and you chauffeur them around, you have to wait through practices or classes or whatever, use that time. That car time is wonderful, creative time and you time. It can be you time. Or if you take someone to other kinds of appointments, I have other kinds of chauffeuring I seem to do now. So sometimes I'm still sitting and waiting. Use that time. But I value almost even more the time in which I deliberately go out somewhere to sit. If you've been listening for a long time, you might remember my year of wander and the library visits I was doing then. So a little different. It wasn't the car, but there is this empowering thing that can happen when you proactively get up and plan to go somewhere else. And it doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to cost you any money. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hours. It can be short. Sometimes you just need to get out of your house. If going to sit inside some other place like a library or a cafe isn't an option for any reason, there are lots of reasons. And right now there are obviously lots of reasons that those options don't always work. The car has always proven to be a good solution. Before going into a store, you might sit or after you might sit, drive to a park, a natural space, a busy street, the water's edge, and sit. Sometimes this time out of your space helps clear your head, clear the air, gives you something else to look at, encourages you to look around, to see, to be in awe of the world around you, whether the natural space, the sky, the land, the trees, or the busyness, the people, the cars, the buildings, the houses, the color, the life all around you. So to the ocean I headed. I could have gone home instead after the drop-off and had the whole day ahead of me, but the idea of going home felt closed and trapped in some way and hampered. And I know once I get home, I often sit and manage to do just nothing rather than do everything. And doing nothing can be good. It can be important. It can be even better when it's not in your own space, I think. Doing nothing becomes somehow different. It is transformed into doing something, into being an observer, being a witness, being a thinker, being a chronicler, maybe being an artist, being alive. So 
Despite the fog, I headed again to the beach this morning. The water itself was bright. The beach was sunny. At the far end, wrapping around from where the Golden Gate Bridge would be, the fog was snaking there in a long band. It tapered out to a point far out at the horizon, a dusky lavender blue band curving in a wedge around that side. But right in front of me, it was bright and clear. Last week, when I pulled into the parking lot, I was driving down the length of the long lot, trying to decide where to park. And it was my first time going to do this. And I was making a stand somehow for myself by saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to plan it. I'm going to do it. Grab my stuff. Go. I'm going to do this. So I'm driving down this lot. And I kept mentally rejecting spots that were open to park for this reason or that, you know, a signpost here that would be in the way seems sort of silly, but because it really wouldn't, it's vast. The ocean is vast or, you know, too many cars here or there. Oh, I didn't want to park next to that or this or, you know, so I'm just looking as I drive the length. And then I said out loud, the ice cream truck, that's it. That's where I'll park because there was an ice cream truck, such a non sequitur. I don't know why, maybe because it was 8.45 a.m., an ice cream truck. That's the spot. And I said it out loud because I am becoming someone who talks out loud to myself all the time. And I am not worried about this. I am not worried about this. So I parked there. I was several spaces away. I wasn't right next to it. I was away from it, but there were no cars in between us. And it had just the right bit of whimsy to herald this time away, this day off. And later, When I pulled up my photos, it really clicked that the truck is the Wonder ice cream truck. I believe in signs. Most of you know that about me. That may be one of the oddities about me. If you actually know me, you might think, that just doesn't seem like her. But I do. I do. I believe in signs. I believe in believing in the whimsy of such moments of randomness and serendipity messages from the universe, willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I believe in all of that. I believe. And I spent a lot of time thinking about that moment of seeing that truck, that word, seeing that word. While I was parked at the ocean that day, I wrote the notes for the previous show in which I talked about words and contemplating words and pondering words. Thousands of people saw that truck that day. It's just a truck. It's just an ice cream truck. Someone clearly had just headed out to the beach for an hour of peace, I guess. But a few days later, I was driving my son to school again in the morning. And as we drove by the little strip of shops right near our house, I caught sight of it again. The Wonder ice cream truck was parked right there in the lot, basically in my neighborhood somehow totally out of place again. I even pointed it out to my son and I told him what had happened because I was so surprised. I really was so surprised to catch sight of it as I'm driving by. And when I drove back home 10 or so minutes later, I looked, I was going to snag a photo, prove somehow that the universe is trying to reach me. No truck. It was gone. So Another week, another day in the ocean parking lot, and there was no ice cream truck this time. But for the whole time I've been here, there's been a bulldozer. 
at the far end of the beach, moving back and forth across the sand. It's quite far away from me, but this bulldozer in the distance, also somehow completely out of place. I watched a man on the sand, far out in the distance, repeatedly tamping something down, and I wondered what he was doing. When I looked up later, he was gone. I watched a surfer walk by me with his board and was struck by his sleekness. I watched a group of four women walk in from the water's edge, each with walking sticks. I wondered if it was a group or a club. I saw a man sitting all the way down at the edge in a green beach chair. He was the farthest point from me at the water. I kept looking at the bit of outline I could see. The green of the chair was just bright enough that it really stood out in this morning light. The chair, low to the sand, just the hint of the head above. I kept thinking, I wonder about that one to stitch that green chair from behind. And while I was still sitting there, that person came in and it was a woman in a long brown and black poncho and a hoodie underneath and her hood was up against the wind. And it's funny how from such a distance, things are fuzzy. We make guesses and we make assumptions. We might wish we'd brought the binoculars, but we are content to make out what we can. From a distance, we see it and we know the same way a lot of artworks. From a distance, you see it and you know. I saw two people strapping on foot tethers, maybe, as they went into the water with their boards, and I don't surf, but that's sort of what it looked like. I saw someone setting up a small tent of sorts, a sheet billowing unhelpfully in the wind, a man fishing as the surf rolled in, a man bent over something in the sand, and a tiny dog running to him, running around him. You could hear the yip in your head even from far away. But the something in the sand, it was red. What was it? A bag? I sat there watching. What is that? Nope, it was another dog, maybe in a red sweater or coat, and the man with a throw toy in hand, the tiny dogs, smaller than the crows scattered on the beach, scampering ahead in play. A woman who came up the stairs, a beautiful magenta surfboard with white floral doodles all over it. I would love to have seen that board up close. I could tell it was amazing. This scroll work, this white patterning on it, the color of the board was so cool. She stopped and she looked around, disoriented. How far one way or the other had she drifted? Two people holding hands as they walked along the edge, a dog pulling on the leash, another man who struggled his way up the stairs, struggled, and he paused at the top and he sat clearly out of breath. He paused. What will I record from today? That will be the question later today. That will be the question. But in truth, I'm still trying to sort out yesterday. And I think this will be the pattern every day. This sorting out one detail that is drawable or stitchable. Just one. So I want to talk about the Stitch Journal project that I am doing. It is an embroidery project. Many of you have seen me mention it on the blog or in Instagram posts or at Facebook. It stands to be an important focus for the year for me. And there are many crossovers I'm feeling between it and my illustrated journal. It is somehow such a natural segue. It's definitely a challenge, but it seems to fit right in. It's a natural extension somehow, just a different medium. 
So while it's a bit backwards, I'm not going to talk first really about the mechanics of all of it, although I'll give you just a summary. But instead, I want to talk about the picking today because it's really been on my mind. The basic premise is to stitch one icon each day throughout the year. And there are lots of ways to do this. If you go looking, you will see lots of people who do this in a circle, divided into 12 pie-shaped wedges, one for each month, and then in each wedge, they do an icon a day over the course of the year. There are lots of ways to do it. The basic concept is this icon a day. It does not have to be in wedges. It does not have to be in a circle. It's really an individual project, but you will see a lot of examples that do it that way. I first got enamored by this stitch journal idea a few years ago, and I put the project off at the time. It wasn't right for me then. I thought it looked really cool, but at the time I felt really invested and committed to other things. And this year, in the months leading up to the end of the year, I decided I wanted to do this. And I tested it just a little bitty bit in December, a couple of icons, just to see what it might take if I thought I could do it, if I thought I might enjoy it. And then I decided I wanted to do this. So I wasn't sure about my approach. That pie wedge approach is really probably the most common. I debated all the way up until the day that I started about how I wanted to do mine, how I wanted to break up space. There really are lots of ways. Some people really draw clear lines and stitch those lines, make everything really, really distinct. And some people let it all flow differently, even though they use the guidelines. Some people do theirs different. And I decided just to do mine different. In the final hours, I was inspired by a few images that I saw as people finished up their stitch journals from the year before. So they were finishing their 2021. And looking at a couple of those, I suddenly realized that it is completely free. I can do it however I want. So I decided the wedges were out. If I started again today, I might even do it differently than I did. I really had one or two layouts that I wanted to do, but I just wasn't sure because it's my first time. I wasn't completely sure how this would go for me. So I started one way. It will work. It will be good. Might've done it differently. And that is somehow how projects go. I felt like it was more important to just start. And that is always how projects go. It is always important to start. Don't keep waiting for the perfect answer, especially if you don't even know if you will think that's the perfect answer until you try it. So just start. So each day, one icon, that's the basic premise. With a size hoop that many people use, it's 12 inches. Some people use a 10, some people use an eight. You can use something bigger. It is common to use a 12. With that size, you can fit 365 stitched icons that are approximately the size of an M&M. This has become the common wisdom circulated in groups. Size of an M&M. And there are pictures demonstrating this. That many M&Ms in the hoop. It's small. It's small. I've got lots of hand sewing history. I really do. But not this kind. This is completely new to me. Completely new. This is really like drawing with thread and at a scale that for me is really, really tiny. 
It's so tiny that I have found that I can't see to stitch with my glasses on, at least not very well. So sometimes I do it and I just reassure myself that from afar it will be fine, but it's really frustrating actually. And a lot of the time I find that I'm bringing the fabric all the way up to my face and looking over the top of my glasses to place my needle because I can actually see it without my glasses if I'm close. I didn't expect how difficult the actual seeing would be. I didn't really realize that to get things so small, the seeing was going to be very hard for me. I did expect that the choosing might be difficult. Even beyond picking colors or threads, this or that, the choosing of the icon, I, I knew from the outset that was going to be hard. And I worried about it. I worried about it so much that I even asked someone. Many people who do this have an unwritten rule that they try not to repeat an icon. Now, again, that is an unwritten rule and each person can choose to have that as a guideline or a guiding premise or not. But a lot of people try to do something different every day. And there's latitude there, right? You could do the same thing from a different angle or a different version, but you understand what I'm trying to say. I haven't quite decided how I feel about it or what I will do. We're just in the first month. I'm not quite that prophetic. But I did ask somebody back in December. I was looking at a beautiful sample from 2021. It is someone who actually had written an article about this project. In looking at her photos at Instagram, I said, I am amazed at how you're able to find something different for each day. I am afraid that most days all I will have is a cup of coffee or tea. And she laughed at me and she gave me some answer. It is something that I have given a lot of thought to. And I will admit that I'm tracking tea at this point and translating that to fabric in some way. But I am going to try and not make this stitch journal, not this one, the coffee and tea journal. So I'm trying to find something each day. I am the art. The art is me. And I am going to break the show right here. I am going to break it into two. It looks a little too long, and I don't think that serves me well. It is the way I would tell this, but I think it's too long. So I'm going to break it up. Don't know where yet, but I will find a spot to chop it in half, and then I'm going to pick it right back up in the next episode. So they will both be there. So I hope that is not too disconcerting when you reach this point. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening all the way through, if you did, all the way through this part. And I hope you go on and listen to the next part. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and as Creativity Matters Podcast. And if you're interested in the daily musings and stuff that I am doing with the dress challenge, you'll find that linked in my main profile. Please sign up for the CMP newsletter if you are interested in anything that's going on with the CMP, including drawing groups or maybe shared readings or book clubs or anything like that. I have unsubscribed everyone from years past, and so I am asking anyone who's interested to sign up. doesn't mean you will get a lot of email, but it is something that I hope to 
pick back up this year. It might be once a week. It might be once a month. But if you're interested, sign up. Thank you to those of you who support the CMP in any way, including Kofi, Wishlist Things, those of you at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.